Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number one of Flip It or Skip It, we'll be talking about concert apparel. We'll be finding answers to questions that challenge antique and vintage dealers daily, like, is it authentic or is it a fake? How much should I pay if I want to resell it? And what's a profitable selling price? Where's the best place to sell my items? Mm, all good questions. So <laughs> let's get started. Dana, what do you have picked out for us today? Well, Wayne, I actually have a client. He was a backstage manager for Van Halen, and mm. he sends me boxes of shirts. So what his story goes, he told me that he would, um, at his concerts, he wouldn't necessarily wear the shirts, but he would get all of the leftover shirts, and he would load them up in a golf cart and take them to his truck. <laughs> so, cool. He got these yeah. for free? Yes. Right. Yes. What are the perks of working for Van Halen backstage? <laughs> yes. So he has some amazing items and also some odd and interesting items that have been um, concert names that I've of bands that I've never heard of. Like what? Well, let's see. I'm gonna pull one out here that I listed the other day. It's called Dick Velveeta and the Velvetones. Hmm. No wonder you never heard of them. That's <laughs> like I won't even go there with that one. Just, just right. Just, just. I had such a time trying to research that, but hmm. the thing was, I wanted to get it listed, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to just kind of look up uh, Velvet Tones. I looked up uh, Dick Velveeta, and I, of course, I was getting a lot of cheese. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine so. Yes. <laughs> Cheese memorabilia. Okay. But okay. but the shirts have never been worn. I actually have two of them in an extra large. And the cool thing about this type of shirt is it's very retro. It's got yeah. that aqua blue and the maroon colors. And he's got a cool look on his face. And it's just a really cool looking shirt. So. Uh for judging from the colors, that sounds like it might be the 1980s. That would be my guess, because that's when uh, this gentleman was working backstage at this concert place. So he was working with this company, I guess it was. Let's see. What did I list this at? I can't remember. Here it is. I listed it for $75. And whenever I list an item on eBay... I always have uh, auto accept, auto decline on make offers. So right. I know how high or how low. Well, how high I would go would be the asking price. Right. And then how low I would go is $45. Okay. So hopefully somebody will come along and pay the 75. But if they make an offer of 50, it'll be right. auto sold. What about that price? Uh, I think that. One of our podcast listeners are going to say, I can get 25 bucks off of that T-shirt, so I think I'm going to buy it and just offer 50. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't 
uh, I don't spend a lot of time with concert T-shirts. When I was coming up in the 19 <laughs> T-shirts were they were underwear and they were worn by Marlon Brando and James Dean in the movies. I don't think that concert T-shirts came into style or even uh, were a thing until probably the late 60s. I think uh, there was a concert promoter, rock and roll promoter named Bill Graham. Oh, yes. Yeah, back in those days. Had to film more east in New York and to film more west, I think, San Francisco. And Bill Graham started to make T-shirts to promote his concerts and promote his bands. And and I think that that's when, when they came into to effect. Tell me, when you put that shirt, when you listed that shirt for $75, how did you arrive at that price? Well, I actually have been researching concert shirts in general. So. Okay. And I wanted to get the highest price I could that I felt was fair and reasonable. So on that one, that was the, you know, it's funny because when I list items, any kind of item on eBay, people will say, how did you come up with that price? And I won't remember because I'm in the zone during Mm -hmm. the time of my listing. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of research, so I'll I'll research WorthPoint, I'll research eBay, and I'll re I'll take a look at Google because I was looking for Dick Belvita and Google because I couldn't find anything on this person, and so I was kind of going everywhere, and then I come up with a style and a price based on my research. So mm-hmm. I don't remember next week how I researched the week before. <laughs> it's a science. Okay. So you don't really have a mathematical formula of, uh, say, searching a particular item and then seeing how many of them are on the market and what they've sold for, what the asking prices are, what the, the turnover, you, you don't go through a process like that. You just kind of bury yourself. No, I, do in the, I do that first. Okay. That's okay. part of the process. Thank you for reminding okay. me. <laughs> okay. That is that is part of the the process. I was just using research in general, but that is right. part of it. So you go to I personally, of course, do WorthPoint. So I'll go to WorthPoint and then I look at highest price. I always go to highest price first on my right. search strategy. Okay. And then I go to recent sales. Mhm. And then I'll look on eBay and I'll look at sold and Mm -hmm. I look at current. So I look at all of these different places so that now I can I can fine tune it. Like, for example, yesterday I was working on um, a sweatshirt from this gentleman from Deep Purple. Mm hmm. Now, Deep Purple was kind of tough to research because do you know how many things are called Deep Purple? Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) There's Deep Purple playing cards. I was getting um, Hot Wheel cars. I was getting everything that you can imagine with the words Deep Purple, blouses, you know, dresses. Right. So Deep Purple was a challenge to look up. Mm -hmm. So... I started putting in, even if I put in deep purple sweatshirt, which is what I have, and deep purple uh, shirt, I would get all these ladies in men's blouses or shirts that were deep, the color deep purple. The color deep purple, right? Yes. 
So Deep Purple has been a little challenging for me, but mm-hmm. I did find one. And I did find one eventually because this is from the Meadowlands Arena and it's dated March 9th and 25th, 1985. Now, the other thing is John Scherer was the presenter of that concert and it was a sold out concert. Hmm. So I was able to get, you know, dig deeper. I've actually got it in a draft on my eBay store, so I haven't listed it yet. Okay. Um, because it was so intense. So it took a little more. Sometimes you have to dig even deeper. And then what I like to do is hold it as in a draft folder. And while I, because it's going to take more than, you know, 20 minutes to look something up like that and come up with a right. conclusion. Now, when you have done your research, let's take the Deep Purple t-shirt. You've researched Deep Purple and made the decisions that you're going to make are you going to fixed price uh, buy it now, make an offer listing, or are you going to list it as an auction? And why would you choose one over the other? Well, it also depends on the research that I'm doing. So when I look at completed listings on eBay, I will see what strategy worked best for those people. My my motto is follow success. If right. you see someone that sold something for a high amount and they had an auction, I can go in and look and see what they started their auction at. And then I can decide to go that route or not. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's part of the the science on my deep purple. I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm right. not done researching that one yet. So it's sitting in draft. However, this other T-shirt that I never heard of is a band called Triumph. Yeah, I honestly have never heard of them. But when I looked them up, I was like, oh, my goodness, these these sell pretty good. <laughs> hmm. So I found the exact shirt on WorthPoint. I can't remember what it sold for right off the top of my head. But um, when I find when I find something on WorthPoint that, like, say it sold for a hundred dollars a couple of years ago. That mm-hmm. is so helpful to me because now I can take that title, I can take all of that information, and I can add value to it. So I can list it on eBay for a couple more hundred because it's been a few years. I'm trying to look for it real quick. Here it is. I listed it for two hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's, had, it's a current it's a current listing. Yes. Okay. And I also there's another another. Um, what do you call those? Uh, is it an acronym when you have um, initials? Initials. I have um, the initials NOS. Have you heard that? Okay. New old stock. New old stock, right? Yeah, NOS. And I, I honestly, I had to research that myself. But right. new old stock, and that's what these shirts are. New old right. stock. But in right. that category, they don't have in the vintage category, you can't list, you can't choose condition new or used. So you want to use that acronym in your title so that, right. and then of course, in your description, I always right. try to remember to put what, what it means because not right. everybody will know what that means. Right. But this Triumph shirt has never been worn. Hmm. So that's another bonus. So I did, I have it listed for $250. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Well, Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, let's uh, pause right here for a message from our sponsor, and we'll be back in a flash. 
Hey, eBay sellers, it pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket wherever you go. For a seven-day, seven-look-up free trial, go to WorthPoint.com. Okay, we're back, and we are discussing flipping concert apparel. So, Dana, how do you, you know, you trust the person that sent you these shirts. So you're pretty confident of that they're genuine, you know what their provenance is, but suppose you had gotten some shirts like that from someone that you didn't know. Sure. How would you... How would you check out those shirts to see if they're the real deal? Well, before I accept items, especially like items like this and Louis Vuitton or any high high end item, I'm going to ask for some history from the person Mm -hmm. and I want to get some history. Now, if I go into Goodwill, which when I run low on inventory, I like to do occasionally or I call it therapy. It's it's fun to go into Goodwill and I'll go right to the men's t-shirts and I start at the largest size possible because in my experience, the larger the shirts sell better, they sell mm-hmm. faster. So, and I always start, the nice thing about Goodwill is they're color coded. I love that. So their shirts are all, you know, in, in black. So I go straight for the black t-shirts because they have the less stains and mm-hmm. damage. So I'll start at the, the highest size which is usually 3x and I'll start there and then I just work my way through my my wrists will be so sore from thumbing through the shirts and then I look for um, anything to do with concert or music now Walmart and some other companies have put out like some Pink Floyd you know they've put out some shirts that are that honor the the bands but they're not actual concert shirts So you have to pay attention to the label, the clothing label, like um, jerseys can be deceiving because they could be from a local shop or they could be an actual concert. Um, I this gentleman did bring me some T-shirts that have jerseys on them, but I trust him. I know his experience and where he gets his shirts. However, if I find a jersey shirt, a shirt marked jersey in Goodwill, I may question it. The other thing is the you can kind of tell if something's off, kind of like in a Louis Vuitton where the stitching's off. You mm-hmm. can tell it the quality. Now I've been to I quit counting at 30. I've been to 30 plus concerts. I loved concerts and I always bought t-shirts. T-shirts were mm-hmm. my thing. I had to have a concert t-shirt from every concert. And I'm so glad I did because it made me a ton of money when I first started on eBay. <laughs> I sold every one. I got the most money for Frank Zappa for, um, I think really? it was $800. Good concert from what I remember. But anyhow, we won't go there. Concert shirts are challenging sometimes when you find them at thrift stores. Because just for the reason that I said, they could be copied. They could be some bootlegger out front of the concert printed out a bunch of shirts in honor of the band and is just on the cheapest 
t-shirt material possible and is out in the parking lot, you know, selling them for five to 10 bucks while the indoor proper concert shirts are going to be, you know, 30 bucks on up. Right. I always wonder about that when I, uh, when I see situations where it appears they've just taken an album cover and scanned it. It just seemed to me like uh, it's too easy to fake that kind of thing. Well, some of the, some of the ones, like I have one here that's the monkeys. Oh yeah. And the monkeys is from their, um, their 20th anniversary tour that only has uh, the three of them, David, Mickey and Peter in 1986. And it's a lightweight. It's by a company called Sig- Signal. Mm-hmm. And it's a very flimsy, <laughs> lightweight shirt. But the other giveaway on these vintage shirts are, they call it, uh, the collar a ringer, you know, where it's that wide band around the neck. And then most of these are sleeveless, like muscle shirts. Right. So that was the thing. Did you wear muscle shirts, Wayne? I never had any muscles, Dan. I would. <laughs> I don't believe you. I weighed 130 pounds when I graduated from high school. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Never wore muscle shirts, no. Okay. Well, one of these ones that made me laugh when I got to it was a lover boy. And it's a a lover boy, and it's a crop top. So it's funny. The first thing, the vision that I had when I first saw this lover boy, it says lover boy at the middle at the Meadowlands, September 2nd, 1983. And it's a shorty shirt. That's what a crop top is. So I could just picture Mm -hmm. a man wearing this with headphones on and rollerblading. (laughs) Do not want that picture in my mind, please. So let's let's spread out a little bit then, if you don't mind. Um, We're talking about concert apparel. What else do you have in the box from your friend? Well, he sent me um, a lot of David Bowie stuff. And one of the David Bowie items was a jacket and um, the gentleman, his name's Frank. And it's when you opened up the jacket inside, there was a a white area where David Bowie signed to Frank and Hmm. because he was the backstage manager. So he got a lot of um, signed items that. And this jacket was one of them. And I I had it up for 2,000, I think it was 2,300. And I had it up for almost a year. And I started dropping the price. I had offers of 1,000. And then finally, I dropped it and, or I sent out offers. Have you ever Mm -hmm. heard of that on eBay? Uh, I've never done it. Can you explain how that works? So when you have watchers on your item, you can actually shoot out an offer to them while Mm -hmm. they're watching it and it gets their attention. So I sent out an offer of I think it was fifteen hundred and that and one person took it. So Mm -hmm. I was I was thrilled that I, I finally sold that. I shipped it off. And so it included also the program from that concert so Hmm. that was that was pretty cool and right now i have two van halen i have a black leather van halen jacket and a wool jacket with black leather sleeves so it's like a gray wool and they're like um i i i think of it some people may call them like bomber style 
or they just remind right. me of high school, my letter jacket. I have those listed right now for over a thousand. So the jackets are pretty cool. I sold the Rolling Stones. I had the Steel Wheels tour. I sold that right. one that he sent me. And a lot, I have got Rolling Stones t-shirts that I haven't listed yet. And mm-hmm. they're all from the Steel Wheels tour. Mm. So that must have been his tour that he was, you know, working with the band. Good stuff. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, it's funny when you first started talking about Bill Graham, because I have a client from Canada that was friends with Janice or her mother was friends with Janice Joplin. And she sent me a ton of handbills that we've got to mm-hmm. talk about in another episode. You talked a little bit about going into Goodwill and and uh, yeah. buying things, looking at T-shirts. How do you decide when you're looking at it? an item that you want to buy for resale is your process for determining the price any different than it would be if you take something on consignment oh absolutely if i'm out at goodwill the good thing about their t-shirts they're all the same price so they're 4.99 mm-hmm. and the other great thing is i've got my iphone with me at all times so Sometimes I even bring my iPad and I set it right up in the shopping cart. I don't care what people think. (laughs) I just have it all set up right on my purse and so that I can look stuff up quicker on my iPad. And I will look, I will search WorthPoint and eBay and try to get a quick answer from the price guide what the selling price is. And if I start seeing they only go for $10, I'm not going to bother purchasing it at Goodwill for five bucks. So it is it is important to research when you're out in the field and on consignment when I ask people to send me a list so if they that I can look ahead of time and mm-hmm. it's important to do your research before you take a consignment item and it's important to do your research before you spend money because I call it develop an eye for what to buy so that you know what kind of profit margin you're going to look at online when you're buying things on your own to resell, do you have a particular price point that you're going to shoot for? I know I hear a lot from dealers have told me that if they get double what they pay, they think they're doing okay. I think they're nuts. I don't think that's quite enough, no matter how you're selling. Do you have a, a benchmark that you shoot for? If it's If I'm going to double my money and there are not very many listed, I mm-hmm. may... I may be okay with that as long as I have higher items that are going to blend in. So I don't mind a few lowball items. And mm-hmm. I think that it all complements each other at the end of the day. Those right. lower items are going to attract people. They're going to bring people in and hopefully they'll take a look around at your other items. Another handy tool to speed up the process is while you are looking things up and you decide, oh, wow, I'm definitely going to list that. Click right on sell one like this and put the price in that you've just decided it's worth while you're in the store and then save it as a draft. Mm -hmm. I hate doing double work. So if I look something up and I say, hey, this could sell, you know, I could get 300 bucks for this. I'm going to click on sell one like this and put the price in there immediately and then save it as a draft. And then you don't have to repeat what you've already done. Good plan. Well, Dana, that's it for this episode. Any closing thoughts for our listeners? When you find that shirt, should you flip it? Or skip it. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It. 
brought to you by worthpoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Worthpoint.